And you know, when I when I went to that vending machine and pulled out uh, a couple hundred dollars, and it only been in there for like a week or two, I'm like, oh, like you know. And then after like the first month, two months, I was making more than I was making um, at at yeah. work from the machine. So I'm like, oh, I, I got to figure this out. I need more of these machines. Yeah. And three, two, one. You're listening to. The Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. Welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast, where we find dope people that did really, really dope stuff. Today is no difference. Another full-time entrepreneur that's uh, creating a residual. It, it would be residual income in the vending machine business. Yeah, most definitely. It just, you put it in there and it just makes money. Exactly, yep. I need to know how to do that because it's not that simple, but yeah. <laughs> it's not? No. It seems like you stock the joint, chips, snacks, and all kind of goodies. You put whatever price you want because people are gonna pay whatever they, they want to pay, and you just make money. It's just it's like water, baby. Yeah, you know what? Initially when I started, um, before I even started teaching people, um, my wife used to tell me, you know, because I used to have people ask me, how do you like how do you do that all the time? You know, when I cause I was still working, I had the machine, so everybody I was working with. Knew I had the machines. So they was like, how do you get the machines? You know, how? And I'm thinking in my head, like, just buy them, put products in them, and put them in a location. You know, it was simple in my mind because I was at that point, even at that time, I was used to doing it. But after I um I I had a friend come down um to my city out from another city, because I needed some help, it was growing. Um, and I had to teach him how to do it. And then once the, I started hearing the questions and everything he was asking me, it was like, okay, maybe it's not that simple. Because, you know, because some of the stuff I was doing, I was just doing it naturally because I had progressively got into the business. And, you know, I just picked stuff up as I was going along. But for somebody to come in and just really don't know anything about it, you know, it, it's different. There's a lot to pick up, you know, but I didn't see it that way. I more so seen it the way you saw it. It's gotcha. just put the stuff in there, you know, and people buy it. Like, oh, you know. sure. It yeah, seems yeah. like it works that way. So how many how many vending machines? First off, introduce yourself because I'll get into the business and won't even people won't even know your name. So uh, go ahead. Kashif Edwards from Philadelphia. And I've been in the business now uh, around six years. Six years. Uh, and how many vending machines you got? Currently, we have around 20. Fluctuates between 20 and 30. I try to keep it manageable to where I could do it myself for the most part. How many people on a regular basis do you think shakes your machines? <laughs> every day, maybe, maybe every day. They definitely, people definitely shake machines. That's no question. You live in Philly too? Are all in Philly? Yeah, all, no, but right now, yeah. I, but I've had them in Philly, Jersey, and Delaware. Yeah. So, but at, at the biggest point, I had them going out to Delaware. So I had them going from Philly um, oh, yeah. all the way out to Delaware. It's like whole, an hour away. So. The whole area, of Philly, Philly, some machine shakers. I know, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially in like the high schools and things yeah. like oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they'll shake them. So you gotta have some sturdy, some sturdy machines. To add. I actually ended up um, in one of my accounts. I had to drill a machine to a wall mm. because they were shaking it too much, and it was a small machine. With the bigger machines, they shake it; it's not going to hurt the machine. But the smaller ones, you know, you shake it, you can mess it up. Um, and so I, I had drilled it to the wall so they couldn't shake it anymore. Dang. So twenty machines, right? And not to be on your personal business, but what is the goal? And I know some be more, some be less. But what is the goal of a machine? How much are you looking to make from each machine? Well, I could say the machines really average probably around 500 per machine. Mm. One account would typically have two machines. They usually have your soda and your snack machine. Mm. 
But that number fluctuates greatly depending on your location. Mm-hmm. My personal goal when I got into it, I just was looking, initially, I just was looking to um, save money to get into real estate. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get into real estate, but I'm like, man, I ain't got enough money. I ain't got the credit right now. So I was like, well, if I work more, you know, I could save up more money. It didn't work. I started working. I had like three jobs. I still wasn't making enough to so, save. You know, I've never, ever come across somebody where them getting a second job helps their situation at all. Yeah, yeah, I tried. I've never man. seen it. I don't know why. I it just, I've just never seen a second job solve anyone's problem. Right, because it's like, you know, it's not even really, I'm not going to say it's not the jobs, but it's more so, I think it's more so about the information of how you manage the money. Like, so I know when I started, um, when I started the extra jobs and I still seen it wasn't working, I got into vending machines, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get straight into the machines. I actually started with uh, gumball machines. So the little candy, the quarter, once you put the quarter in, turn the you know, candy come out. I started with those. Mm. So I attempted to start with the actual vending machine, but the machine didn't fit in the location that I found for it. Well, I, somebody found for me, actually. They found the location for me. So one tip I give is don't get your machine before you have your location. And, that, and the only reason I say that is because it happened to me personally. It's happened probably two or three times. And at this point, I've seen it happen to a lot of people because, you know, at, with the platform, I've helped a lot of people. Like, so every space is individualized. It's going to have different sized doorways. Like, like where we're at now, we have big doorways, it's double doors. A machine could come in here easily. But not every space is like that. Some of them have smaller doorways and all machines come with, um, well, come in different sizes. So you could have a... Um, a large machine, you can have a smaller machine and not all machines can fit in every space, even as far as where the machine will go. So usually once you get an account, which is a location, um, you'll want to measure out the doorways and then measure where the machine will go. And that's going to help determine, along with foot traffic, what type of machine you should put gotcha. in that spot. Gotcha. So your machine was, I guess, too big for the location? My machine was too big for the location. And I actually, I told, because I hired somebody to find me a location and they actually provided me with the machine. Mm. So when I, and I told them, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm over here at the spot and it was a hotel. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't even like a small spot. Mm. Um, I'm like, hey, but they want the machine. I don't believe it's going to fit. Like it doesn't look like a vending machine could fit right here. Mm. And he's like, oh, we, we've been doing this for 20 something years. Uh, we're telling you it's going to fit. And they drove from over an hour away. So they were in Maryland. They came, they drove mm. the machine all the way from Maryland Got it there. Didn't fit. They had to take it all the way back. Did you give them the I told you so face? Like, Basically, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, but then, they, you know, I, I was lucky. They gave me my money back and, you know, that was that. And I ended up um, trying to get another account. Mm-hmm. Didn't go well. I searched again. Didn't go well. So I was like, man, I got to do something because this money is doing, doing away. It's burning a hole in my pocket. Yeah. You know, um, so I ended up getting gumball machines. And that's how I started with that. I started with four gumball machines and grew that. Same way, like to around like twenty something before I got back into the vending machine. Yeah, like twenty gumball machines. How much does a gumball machine make? Well, with my route, I was probably making a thousand dollars a month with my gumball machines. So I had like twenty, twenty five of them. So gumball machines probably Hold average on. a thousand all together. All together. All together. Yeah, uh, bro. I was gonna say we get a gumball machine tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all together. But it's real. Like the gumball machines are super passive. Like all you really do is throw the stuff in there, and you don't have to come back until a month later and, you know, you just collect all the coins. That's that's the headache with that is collecting the coins because yeah, it's, right. it's heavy. Like, so it rips everything. But, um, yeah, so I, I got the gumball machines and then I got back into vending like, probably like a year after that. Mm, got you. What is your highest yielding machine and where's it at? 
Um, now, right now, I could say we just got an account, probably a new account. I would say it's been about three months. This is going on the third month. This will be, I, I feel like this will definitely be my highest yielding account. Like, so right now it's placed in a pharmaceutical company mm-hmm. and the machines are set to free vent, right? So that means that the the staff use the products in the machine for free. What? And I invoice the company at the end of the month. So that machine has been going, it's been going crazy. Like, you know, it's, it's the best, it's the best account I've had. So they far. can just go in, get whatever snack they, they want. They just go in and hit the, hit the selection, stuff come out. And I do my inventory, send them the invoice, and they pay it. Goodness gracious. And I have... How I have, long have you been doing it? I have... Well, this is the third month with this account. So I have four machines in there. Um, and one is actually a cooler. One is a cooler. The, the cooler isn't set to free vent, but it has fresh products in there. So it's like sandwiches and salads and that type of stuff. And that one does well, too, because it's a higher That's ticket. Lit. You know, it's higher ticket items versus the, the chips and things like that. So it's just a cooler. You stock the stuff. People walk in, lift the cooler, get what they want, and... Not not with the cooler. So the cooler, they have to pay. They pay their right. own money for the okay, cooler. Got the got company, got like, no, we ain't paying that much. But the cooler, they have to uh, swipe their card, and then that, and you can open the door, and then they grab out whatever they want, and whatever items are taken out of the cooler are automatically charged once oh, the door closes. Oh, that's So they, they take something out and put it back. It's not going to charge them. But if they take it and the door closes, then, it's, then they charge for it. That's crazy. Yeah. Dang. Like, these... Machines get advanced. I know, man. And you that's, just swipe and your card, take whatever you want, and then it charges based on whatever you want. Yeah. So, and that's something new that we're getting into is because I before I always stayed away from the fresh food stuff because you really need like a good account for that. Like you need it. It has to be in somewhere with a lot of foot traffic and it has to make sense. And and the reason it has to make so much sense is because your shelf life with those products are very short. You only have about a week to get that out there to the uh, to the customer versus something like chips and sodas. You know, that's good for a while. Like, so even if that sets there for some time, it can always sell later. With the other stuff, with the fresh stuff, you have to sell that right away. Got it, got mm-hmm. it, got it, got it. Okay, so outside of that account, because it seems like you're going crazy with that account. Uh-huh. One machine, one location, what's the what's your highest yielding one and why? Okay. I'll say um probably around twenty five hundred, something like that, between the two machines. Um, and then it's, it's multiple factors. Why? You know, and I like... In one location, there's two machines in one location. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so the snacks and the... Snack and the soda. Yeah. Bro, do you know how to, I had a job that paid $2,500 a month? I'd, I'd actually go work there every day. I had a job that paid $1,600 a month. That's why, I, that's why I got started with the vending machines. Yeah, it was sixteen hundred dollars, and I had a ma- and I have a master's degree, and I still was out. That's all I was getting. Dang. So yeah, I I, I know the feeling. All right. Um, so why why is this why is this? Pl- tell me about this place that mm-hmm. these machines are at. So um, this is a school. So this is a school is in a teacher's lounge, and it, it pretty much you know it's it's different factors when it goes when it when you, when you go into what makes a location good, um, and I could run down probably like four um, the actual. Uh, location of the machines, so where they're placed at in the building. So ideally, you want them placed somewhere visible where people have access to them. Because sometimes people will try to put them in a basement somewhere, you know, if, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. You want it right there in the lobby or right there somewhere where everybody can see it and use it. Um, you also have to look at the hours of operation. You know, how long is this place open? Like how many days a week are they open? What are their hours when they are open? Something like a motel, 
hotels, different things like that, they don't close. So that's why they typically uh, better locations to have 24 hours. Gotcha. Um, also, have to look at the foot traffic. How many people you have coming in and out of here on a daily basis? How many people are working here? And, you know, and that's always going to fluctuate whether you want to look at the staff or whether you want to look at the people coming in and out. Gotcha. Um, Do any of your locations lose money? Meaning you have it there and maybe some of the products go bad. You got to, like you're taking a loss on any of them. Not currently. I mean, I have. I definitely have in the past. How many um, situations? So, all right. So my, my first my first machine, right? And this is when I first got started. I had a hotel. This is a hotel too. Um, it ended up being a, a really good account. But when I first loaded the machine, I was putting in there whatever I like pretty much. So when I'm walking through Sam's Club, I'm like, okay, this is good. That's good. This is yeah. good. Oh, they going to love this. <laughs> Man, they ain't touch that stuff. Really? So, but when I went back, you know, I'm putting stuff in there. They're like, well, can you put this in there? Well, can you put that in there? Can, you know, then I then I realized, you know, it's not about me. Like, you know, I can't go off of my taste, but I have to listen to them. And once I started doing that, that's when the sales started picking up. And that's what I realized. Like, you really got to just listen to what they telling you they want. Because some people get hooked on whatever they think mm-hmm. is good. And then they're just going to try to put that in there. You know, it's not about what you like. It's about what they want. That definitely sounds like something I would do. What's something that you put in there that you just knew people was going to eat and they just don't? Ah, oh, man, I don't know. Probably, um, let me think. Like Doritos. I felt like Doritos was, was good. Nobody eats Doritos? In, in that particular account, no. They didn't want the Doritos. Nah. What's wrong with them people? I'll take nah, they wanted, they wanted chili, chili Fritos and some other, some other crazy stuff. You know, they like real, like, they like different products in that, mm. in that particular account. But that, then again, like, you know, it's always about the account. Or every account is not going to have the same products. You know, that's the, that's the tricky part to it. Yeah, that's a fact. Yo, you know what would be cool, bro? If, and when I get my, my machines, this is what I'm going to do. I was going to have like a little sign sign sheet or something like, or request sheet, and they can write what they want. Mm-hmm. And do you see it? And you're like, oh, well, I'll stock it with whatever. Yeah. Do you do that? Or I just came up with it? No, I do that sometimes. Oh, okay. I, so even I if, it, dep- I I was putting you on. <laughs> it depends on, it, de- <laughs> it depends on the business. So if it's like an office building, I like to send out a memo. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's like um, something where it's like like it's not like the set uh, environment like that, we could do a suggestion box. Mm-hmm. You know, you could do the sign. I've never done the sign sheet. I've used suggestion box. Ah, but I, see, I did I, put you on. I put you on. I've seen people use the sign sheet mm-hmm. with a uh, piece of paper, like, and they put it on the side of the machine yeah. and different things like that. But that's, I mean, that's a great idea. That's exactly what you want to do because if you just trying to play the guessing game, you know, you're going to lose out. Because they usually take about a month, maybe two months to really adjust the products to where you can get it to where mostly everything is selling. You're always going to have stuff that's going to sell more than others, right. but you want everything to move. All right, so tell me how you got into this thing. What were you doing before the gumball machines and the vending machines and all that? What were you doing? A lot, man. I told you I had two jobs at one time. I was doing a lot. So I, I mainly, the main thing I was doing, like to sum it up, was just working with kids. So I was working with kids in, in different settings. I was working in a school I was working in a residential facility um, with kids with like autism and different things like that. Um, and I had a, a job actually working in LA Fitness prior to that. And that's where I feel like I learned a lot of my business skills because I was working like on the, on the management side. And, you know, I picked up a lot of stuff from, from doing that. Um, I, so you're I was, working with kids. Uh-huh. What else? Um, and then LA Fitness prior, LA prior, Fitness. prior to that. As yeah. a trainer? I wasn't a trainer, but I was on a management. I managed the training staff and some of the other staff. 
Uh, oh, so you wasn't the boy that was wiping the, the machines down and all oh, that? Oh, no, I wasn't wiping the machines. <laughs> but so you worked there at the same time, LA Fitness and working with the kids? No, I went. I went, I was at LA Fitness first. And then after gotcha. that, I went to working with the kids and stuff Gotcha, like gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and I pretty much worked with the kids up until the point where I stopped working. And where did you have this idea of, yo, I'm going vending machine with it? So back when I used to play ball, which we just was talking about a little mm-hmm. bit before the show started, um, you know, we had practice every... Every Sunday, you know, it was more than every Sunday, but with this particular team, we had practice every Sunday and um, in, the re- in the recreation center. Recreation center had a Gatorade machine in it. So uh, it was a lady who would come service the machine every Sunday. So every week I would be sitting there when she came to service the machine this time. And I, 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 re- I definitely wasn't waiting for her or anything like that. I just would happen to be there every time. She would come in and then she'll take the uh, money out and then, you know, put new Gatorades in there. And I will always see her, like, take the money out. Like, That's a nice little wad of money. Like, so in the back of my mind, um, I'll be, I, would, I would think, and it's probably like 16, 17. I was like, man, I want to get me a machine. But then, you know, I never really did anything with it and it didn't really come back up until I got older and now I'm seeing, man, working ain't really getting me to where I need to be. Sure. And I'm trying to, you know, invest my way out of that situation. And I don't have the means to do the real estate thing, but I do have the means to, to do the machine thing. So. Gotcha. So, yeah. So, your ultimate goal was like, let me get into real estate. Uh-huh. Are you in real estate now? I'm in real estate now, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, your ultimate goal is like, let me save some money for real estate. I just got this idea. I remember the lady had the Gatorade joint. She had mm-hmm. a couple dollars. So, I'm down. Right, right. And what I kind of spoke into existence, man, because I was telling everybody, I'm about to get some machines. Mm-hmm. I'm about to get, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And, you know, and it just... It just happened over time. It didn't happen as fast as I wanted it to happen, but it definitely happened over time. They have routes that you can buy, though, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you just, like, they're already existing machines, and you just buy the route from somebody. Right. Did you ever consider that? I brought out two or three routes at this point. Oh, so you, you you actually bought a couple routes? Yeah, even with the candy machines. I brought, that's that's how I grew that that fast. So, I mean, I, I've done that with the candy machines two or three times too. So I had, I started off with four of those and then I brought out a route and then I got a couple, a couple of my own and I brought out another route. How many was in the first route that you bought? Probably like seven. So somebody has seven machines and it was like, yo, I'm gonna sell you all of them. What are the questions that you need to ask before you buy a route? Before you buy a vending route? Um, for me personally, I, I go off a few different things. So I, I'm gonna test them to see how 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 I, I believe like I, if I believe I, if they're business savvy you know if they don't have like a, a P and L they don't have like a profit and loss statement any of that then I'm like mm, I don't I, I don't know if I can really believe like you know what you're telling me so what I have to do is at that point I have to look at the machines themselves I have to look at the locations themselves and I'm basing my offer like you could put it for for self or whatever you want to put it for I'm basing my offer off of the value of the machines. And what I believe the locations would do in terms of sales. But gotcha. the bottom line, like, is, is the value of the machines. Because I know if it doesn't go well, that's going to be my exit strategy. I can move the machine or I can sell the machine. I see. Okay, so the actual machines itself have a particular value. So it's like it's like real estate. Like, it's not about the neighborhood. If the, if the machine is worth enough, you can just take the machine and take it to another neighborhood. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. So what are you looking for in a machine? I mean, it just really depends on the value of that particular machine. So it's not necessarily I'm looking for anything particular if I'm looking at purchasing a machine. Mm-hmm. Only time I'm looking for something particular when I'm purchasing a machine 
is when I'm basing it off of what a location needs. Mm-hmm. So let's say I find that account or whatever, and it's a good account, and it's a, it's a modern account. You know, you want to have a machine that fits that environment. You want to have a car read on there. You want it to be nice and clean. Like you want it to look right in that environment. So that's the only time I'm really um, more so analyzing what the machine has in terms of features and how it looks and that type of thing. But if I'm buying a route out, I'm more so want to look and say, okay, this machine is worth a thousand dollars. So I, you know, and this one is worth two thousand. This one is worth five hundred or something like that. And then I'm, you know, I'm gonna make them that offer based off of what I think the machines are worth. Gotcha. So I, I do ask a lot of personal questions. That's fine. Okay, so the first route, how much did you buy it for, and what was the like? Just tell me about the whole deal. Mm-hmm. The first one. So the first route I brought out, it was so um, I had a few mentors coming into coming into the vending. Go ahead. Because I'm I'm interested. I'm I'm really am interested in. It just seems like automated money. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's got to be the right account though. Got to be the right account. So all of every location ain't a good location. Yeah, gotcha. But the um the first route I brought out. So I had I had three mentors coming to going into it. So Mm -hmm. I was lucky enough to find three people that was really like pretty much. Telling me, yo, do this, do that, do the third. Gotcha, um, gotcha. Two of them were older. Like, really, like, one guy was, like, really old. His uh, father actually started the business. So I, and I never met his dad. His dad, like, retired and moved to Florida. Mm. He was still running the business, but he was, like, he had to be up in his 60s, maybe. Mm. Close to 70, I would say. Um, but he was about to retire. So mm. he's like, well, I'm about to go retire with my dad and move to Florida, too. Like, so... After I would say about a year of him, you know, me meeting, you know, and getting to know him, um, he was he was getting in that phase where he was like, okay, well, I'm about to, you know, fall back. I'm selling the business. Mm-hmm. So at that point, he let me buy a piece of his route. So a piece of his basically a piece of his company that he already had established. I think mm-hmm. he sold the whole thing for like, I don't know, it was like over a million or something. But he let me buy this a small piece. So I, I brought seven accounts from him. And that's the, that's the first time I got in a university because he had Penn, which was uh, one of our, our universities uh, in Philly. So that was my first time getting into school. Like in oh, actual big school. Dawn. How many vending machines he had? <sighs> Can't tell you, man. A couple hundred. The, my other mentor probably has, he has a few hundred too. He did, I think last year, he, but the year before last, before COVID, he did like over, just over two million. Over two million on vending machines. Yeah, but they have like hundreds of of machines. Like, it's, it's crazy. Okay, so I... Okay, I want to know how to manage it. I got more questions. Mm-hmm. So why did he section off these seven and sell you the seven? And how much did you buy them for? I asked him. So I... I, I asked, asked, <laughs> yeah, like, first iron, you know, let me let me buy some of that. Um, But I think he sold them. So he, he didn't sell them to me for a lot. It was actually only around, like, maybe, I think it was like eight or 9,000. Yeah. Something like that. But the value of it was... Way higher. Like, yeah, so he must have, he might have been just looking out for you then. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much what it was. Because he's selling them to you for almost a little over a thousand a machine. Right. Not even considering. Not even counting with the actual, because usually people will calculate the the profits or how much the machine's making to it and different things like that. He didn't really do none of that. He just said, just give me this and I, you can take that. Dang. So I, that's how, that's how I, I came up a little bit off of that. Because before that, I, I probably had, that pushed me over the point to where I had like, you know, around like 15 or something like that. So mm-hmm. I felt comfortable falling back away from like working and things like that. Give me a route that you, give me like a more, 
uh, a more normal situation. Because right now, it just seems like old buddy just had bread. And like, here, young black mm-hmm. kid, you want to, you know I mean? let me give you a start or whatever, right? Uh-huh. But give me a, a, a deal where it was like a deal. Like, I mean, not a deal, but... Like you had to negotiate the price in the machine. Okay. Plus the so, value. so the most recent one, um, it was a lady I found her on Craigslist. So I went to Craigslist. So I, and I do this like every every once so often. I just go in there and search vending machines. Mm. You know, because sometimes people be selling they'll sell routes on there, or they'll sell locations or something. On what? On Craigslist. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> so I'm I serious, found, man. I found um a lady selling a route. She was selling it for twenty something thousand. So think she's like, selling the route for Craigslist. Yeah, uh, she on Craigslist, selling the route for twenty thousand. It was twenty something. It was like just over twenty thousand. I'm actually going to Craigslist. And then she right had, uh, I want to say it was, Dang. Oh, might have been five or six. I don't really remember the whole the total number, but I know I ended up paying fifteen thousand for it. And the way I did it was, um, I did the same thing. I went negotiate, but she actually had a profit and all statement. So she had software on all the machines and that lets you see like what the sales were and everything. Mm-hmm. So I could tell exactly how much the uh, route was making. Her route was making 30000 a year. And how many machines? So I know her price was really like kind of justified. How many, how many, how many machines? I want to say she had around six, something like that. It's around six machines. Six machines that was making $30,000 a year, mm-hmm. which is 5000 a year or 400 something dollars a month. A month? Yeah, five thousand a month. No, if they're making thirty thousand a year, six machines only yields five thousand for the whole year. Because you have how many machines? Six machines, and they all do five thousand a year. That's thirty thousand a year. Say that again. <laughs> You're saying each machine did thirty? No, 000? not each machine altogether. Right. The route, so, the route did thirty thousand. Right. So if we got six machines, mm-hmm. and these six machines are doing thirty thousand a year. Mm-hmm. That means each each machine is averaging five thousand dollars a year. Oh, a or, year. Okay, yeah. I thought you were saying a month. That kind of threw me off. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So so they all do about four hundred dollars a month. Something is that, like that is that profit? No, that's not profit. That was that was gross. Hmm. That was gross. Well, one thing I like, you know, when people are, are selling routes, is you can always I've always found room for improvement. You hmm. know, so even even sometimes so I almost brought about out again like after that well I'll get back to that story mm-hmm. in a second but you know sometimes like when I so what I learned when I was doing the candy machines is how to find some of these people who would be willing to sell the routes even mm-hmm. without going online mm-hmm. if I go up to a candy machine or I go up to a, a vending machine and it looks like it's distressed like it which means it looks dirty like it doesn't look like it's being maintained well but it's in a good location I'm like okay I'm gonna call this person and see if they wanna sell this cause that looks like they're not keeping up with it or they don't they don't want to keep up with it. Maybe something is going on on the back end. You know, they can't manage it anymore. You know, especially if it's in a good location. So, well, her situation, I felt like her machines were doing good numbers. It was doing solid because I, I like it for, for it to be right there at that 500 mark, mm-hmm. um, which most of her machines were doing 500 or more. Um, but some of her products, I felt like if I tweak them, I can increase those subs. Mm, so she knows what she was doing. Uh, she, she, it wasn't bad. It wasn't hard. Her stuff was definitely clean, but I just felt like she didn't, she wasn't tapping into each, uh, demographic. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like she more so just had it one, one sheet of products and then just put that everywhere. Whereas though I tweak mine depending on what type of environment that is. Gotcha. 
So it seems like a good purchase price for a route is based on a year's worth of sales, maybe? Do you want to yeah, look at the year's worth of sales and then look at the value of the machines? Right. So I'm saying, like, if a route is doing 30000 paying $25,000, $30,000 for the route is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. It's not bad. Definitely, yeah. So twenty five wasn't bad, but you know, oh, I, which I'm, means my I man wouldn't. sold his joint for a million. His route was probably doing a million dollars. Oh yeah, yeah. It was. I know. I know he did less than the other guy, which I said did the two. Mm-hmm. Um, his his company was smaller than his. So, but I know it wasn't like that far off. He was definitely over over a million. Yeah, he's definitely going over a million. Okay. But, yeah. There's there's nothing on Craigslist. Where will you search? You search Georgia or something? Yeah, I, I Atlanta. searched Atlanta. Atlanta, okay. I'm surprised. Atlanta, y'all, y'all be hot over here with the vintage. Really? Yeah. That's, maybe that's why nobody's selling any routes. Maybe, maybe. Where else can I go to see some routes? Because I want to see some prices of routes. Yeah, Facebook Market. Um, so it's so a few different places. We have an app now, too. We put, we put things on our app. You have an app? Yeah. Oh. What? What's the name of that? Vending Biz. Venibiz app. We had it for a couple so months. What's, so tell me about the Venibiz app. All right, look, I know you're enjoying the episode, but I got to tell you, finally, you asked for it, and we created a Patreon, okay? We created an inner circle. We have amazing stories, amazing information, the how-tos from the episodes. The only thing we're missing is a community. So... It's about that time. We put together a Patreon. We put together a community because we have to have conversation around the information. So even this podcast we're listening to right now, there needs to be conversation. I want to hear what you got. I want to hear what you got. Like, let's throw some stuff back and forth. And because we're like-minded, we're all going in the same direction. When we connect, connect in a community, we can connect on other stuff outside the community because we're building real relationships. Okay, so... Check out the Patreon. We got three tiers. I don't care what tier you join. Um, the support is um, the support is appreciated. Okay, thank you so much. Now back to the episode. So I basically came up with that um, because I so like when I said when I first started. So joining, right mm-hmm. When I said when I first started, um, I was going like hours away to get my machines and things like that. Like mm-hmm. so, the first machine that came, it came from. Maryland, which is like an hour and some change away from yep. me, right? So I created the app because I think a lot of people get started in the business, right? They kind of just jump in and don't really understand part is, of it. Is this app free? No, it's not free. So you have to pay. What are you paying for? So you're paying for resources and opportunities. Resources and opportunities. Resources and opportunities. So when I when I started, um, you know, I struggled with finding those resources. Like, so when you're just getting started, you know, people just jump in, but they don't really understand where their resources are. It's like, so if a machine goes down, or if they need this type of product, or if they need to just find a, a machine to buy in general, you know, a lot of times there's, there's resources around you that you don't know are there. Gotcha. I'm so about to do it anyway. I mean, I'm about to. Uh, it's free to set up an account. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely stuff in Atlanta, man. Atlanta, oh, then, we get this just, stuff to do all the time. I don't, know, I don't know what y'all got going on over here, but it'd be it'd be popping. At least on my platform, you know, it always it's always stuff in Atlanta. How much is the is the app once I enroll? It's only for four dollars a month. Oh, okay. Yeah, but you do like so so the resources are there's basically places to buy machines, places to buy products, uh, repair technicians. So you can see whenever you need one oh, of wow. these, you know, resources, you could just search on the app and it's gonna come up. The opportunities are routes for sale, locations, and different things like that. So whenever 
somebody sends us a route or sends us a location, which I have like four locators that work on that, right. we just go ahead and throw it on the app and then whoever, you know, contact contacts them first and mm-hmm. purchases it and gets it. All right, so I'm verifying my email on the, you got another download. You know what I mean? This is dope. <laughs> Yo, this, so, but you have a course as well, mm-hmm. yes? Yeah, we have a course, we have an ebook, we have a few different resources. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. I'm I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the email to well email comes because I want to I want to check out the app and hopefully people at home they're actually doing it as well you know what I mean okay. download the app so how um how how is how is the journey of like kind of going from just vending to kind of being the because they say in war there are people that fight the war but then there are people that sell the bullets to the people who need the bullets to actually fight the war. Right. But you're actually still in the vending business. But mm-hmm. how's been the transition from you doing it yourself to having an app for resources and teaching other people? It's different, man. You know, it's, it's different. What's up, podcaster or soon to be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know ATL, baby, Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. Oh, wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you. Rub shoulders with industry leaders. And you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side, and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code BIGDEAL, It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people listening to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, Booth thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you 
No right now, yet. You got time, no pressure, you get us back. But use that code big deal. That triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free. So don't wait. So secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country. Join us July 4th and 5th in Atlanta. Let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality, y'all. Head over to podcastsummit.com. Use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal because honestly when i first started my platform with the vending biz I was more so just putting information out there. Like, I really, I didn't have a book. I didn't have a course. I didn't have any of that stuff. Right. I was just like, you know, people keep asking me, so I'm going to just throw it out there. But right. then, you know, it's like, well, did you have, you have a book? You got an ebook? I'm like, oh, it's like the 20th person to ask me. Let's see what I got. And at that time, you know, it was crazy because I, I would write, um, not really a journal, but I guess you would call it like, you know, this notes of like my, I felt like it was my life journey. Like, mm -hmm. so... The vending was part of it. So I already had something written up, like in terms of how I got started and how I was going and all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I pulled from that and then created the ebook. I just put it together whereas though it, people could use it to start their own thing. Gotcha. Yeah. And you can get all that in that? No, that, that all that stuff is like separate. It's separate. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. The, that's the I want to get, e I think, I, I don't know if I put the wrong email address in, and I do that all the time because I'm waiting for the confirmation email. Let me check my. Let me check my joint because I I want to I want to like have a an experience with this joint very quick. Would you recommend getting into business? Yeah, most. I know definitely. it's a weird question to ask you, but mm -hmm. yeah, most definitely. But you just want to make sure I wouldn't make I wouldn't recommend jumping into it without understand understanding what's going on because right. I feel like too many people do that. So I would recommend getting you know educating yourself first, whether you're doing that through a mentor, you're doing that through just doing research online, however you want to do it, definitely educate yourself first and then go ahead and, and take it slow and get into it. But don't just get anything because it's there. Like you might see um, a location for sale or, or uh, opportunity over here, opportunity over there. Don't just do it because it's there and you just want to be, in, you just want to get a vending machine. Mm -hmm. Make sure it makes sense. Because yeah. like I said, not every location is a good location. Gotcha. It's better to have, and this is one reason I don't, I don't go for a whole bunch of locations. I'll go for the quality. Like, so I'd yeah, rather sure. just have a few quality locations over a hundred locations that's only going to make me with that, with the quality locations is, is going to make me, if you understand what gotcha. I'm saying. No, yeah, I get it. I get it. Let me ask you this question. The, let's say, for instance, you were just hypothetically, you were coming to Atlanta and you were going to get your first machine mm -hmm. or machines what would you do? What are you looking for specifically? First thing I'm looking for is where do I get the machines from? You know, I got to find that, find that out. Um, next thing I'm looking for is, you know, trying but to get But you said find a location first. Oh, no, just find out where you're going to get it from first. Right, yes. Don't get it yet. Right, right. So that's the tricky part, too, because you want to you wanna wait to get the machine, right? But you want to have that resource ready because you don't want to keep that location waiting because they might find somebody else. They might change their mind. But you want to have that. You want to have that machine like on standby, mm -hmm. like so. You let that load. You let the distributor, which is the machines come from distributors, the refurbished machines. There's different types of machines, but I'll, I recommend the refurbished ones. Mm -hmm. So you want to have the distributor um, on like on go. You let them know, mm -hmm. hey, I'm looking for a location. What's you ask them? What type of machines do they have? They're going to show you or tell you different selections that they have. You take note of that, 
And now when you're looking for your location and they're asking you what type of machines that you have, even though you don't have a machine, you could say, well, I have this, that, and that, because that's what you have access to through your distributor. Gotcha. How long does it take typically to get a machine? Like from distributors? Yeah. I would say give yourself at least like two, three weeks. Mm. Because you wanna you wanna have some grace period in there. They're gonna wanna test the machine. They're gonna wanna, you know, make sure it's um working right and that type of thing. And you have to make space for delivery. So they, it's usually a, a scheduled delivery. They usually do them on a same day. So it won't just be like your machine getting delivered. They try to do multiple deliveries in one day. I see. Okay. And I know it's probably in some of your resources, but get what's the best machine? The best? What's the best? Like, what's the dopest machine brand style? I mean, so... Or let me ask you this question. What's mm-hmm. like the... I don't want to say Cadillac. What's like the Bentley or the Bugatti of machines? That's a tough question. I, I, now, I would say what's hot right now, I can say what's hot right now is the combo machines. Everybody loves these combo machines, combo machines, man. And I don't like them. Is personally. there a brand name? The name of the machines um, is is Natural's to go and healthy for you. Those are the those are the, the main two people people are following. Are any of these? Hold on, that that's not a combo machine, right? On Craigslist, no, that's a cooler. No. I have no idea what I'm doing right now. <laughs> okay, all right. So what's what's it called? Say it again. Um, one is uh Natural's to go. Naturals. Natural's to go. With the actual two. Number two. Mm-hmm. Is that the what? Oh, Natural's to go. Okay, healthy healthy vending machines. Yeah, that's a combo machine. And it's another uh, combo machine that's uh, healthy for you. How much is this strong? Combos cost around like $2,500. Okay. depending on depending So on the, the most expensive machine you can get is like twenty five. Oh, I see it. I see the little combo. Nah, most expensive machines you get probably up to, upwards to like 10000 So you get something for as cheap so as five hundred, then they go all the way up to like 10000 Naturals to go is the largest healthy vending machine. Why is it healthy? They only put healthy snacks in Arizona? It has a healthy wrap on it. Like, so if you look on the outside, I can't see what you're looking at, but it should have like fruit and stuff on it. Yeah. So you see it has the plants on it and different things like that. You can take that off though, right? You don't have to take it off, but people most of the time, you're just going to put what you want in the machine. But it's like you, the idea behind it is those for go, those are supposed to go in gyms and different, you know, types of locations <laughs> like that. Yo, you got a natural machine and you got like honey buns and all kind of weird stuff. Right. <laughs> that's funny. So, I mean, that's But it's funny. a marketing play. Yeah, in your yeah. mind, you're thinking... Oh, this must be a healthy honey bun. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, part, it's, part of the, it's part of the marketing scheme with that thing. But yeah, so I mean, but and, and you know. And they take credit cards and stuff. They take debit cards. I think most 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 machines nowadays take credit. Um, you don't have to make cash, right? You can use your watch. I've seen, and it's crazy, man. The first time I found out, um, my own, my, my machine even took, you know, um, Apple Pay and all that type of stuff. I was... I was servicing one of them. You know, I'm walking up to the machine. The guy's using it, so I'm waiting for him to purchase his product. And he swipes his watch and purchases two sodas. I'm like, damn, I didn't know you could do that. What? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I, I never I never messed with the features. And I had put, yes. I was upgrading the machines and putting card readers on them. So I had just put a card reader on that machine. But I didn't know the card reader also accepted like Apple Pay and other forms mm-hmm. of payment. You know, so it's like, oh man, I gotta research this a little more and see what the hell I got going on with these with these machines. All right, but now so I have that on I have that on every machine. Where's the ten thousand dollar joint? Where's like the most expensive? So when you get up to with t- sorry, so you got um used machines. I call them basically used refurbished are used too, yeah. but used machines, if you're buying it off like uh Craigslist, offer up, that type of thing, 
Um, and it's a individual who's selling it to you, like not a, not an actual company. Mm-hmm. Let's say you own a machine and you you didn't do anything with it. You just want to sell it. Those typically go for around a thousand dollars. It's going to be a thousand dollars or less. Gotcha. If you're getting it refurbished, which means it's still used, but now it's painted, it has all of the updated features like the card reader and all that type of stuff mm-hmm. integrated into the machine, yep. that's that's around your $1,500 mark. That's where I suggest most people go because mm-hmm. you get a warranty with those machines. You get some technical support. They're going to show you how to operate, um, so on and so forth. Then your new machines start off at around four or 5000 and they're going to go upwards to ten. And 10 is like a brand new machine and that's usually like, and it could also be like custom machines and things like that. Right. So this this Naturals to Go joint, brand new is probably four or 5,000. Brand new, probably like year round, like 5,000. Let me see. Brand new, forward. brand new uh, machine. They don't even, you, there's not like a, it's not a website where you just buy stuff. It's like they take a. No. Nah. Uh, so Naturals, those, those companies are actually uh, franchises, but you don't need to be part of the franchise to buy those uh, machines. What do you mean they're franchises? So they're vending franchises. They franchise those machines. Oh, yo, they're changing it. I see now, because now I see the products. It's supposed to be for their products. Yes? You said it's supposed to be for their products? Because they got they got their own, like, products. Surf sweets and cereals and granolas. Oh, no, nah, that's kind. Yeah, I'm going to say, that. yeah, that's just regular products. Yeah, that ain't them. Oh, no, nah, that ain't them. Yeah, okay. yeah, so... But you know they 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 market it as you putting healthy things in there. You so know, get in the door. That's dope though because they're selling the machine and selling you the food. They don't, I don't believe they sell you the food. Now, I haven't so? been a part of their program, so, so I, they I don't doing? know. But Why I know it is. It's very expensive to get started with the um with with their like you know their whole plan because it's they make you pay for all types of different uh licensing and fees and different things like that. Oh, I see what they're doing. They're just giving you examples of healthy stuff to put in your machine yeah. just in case you want to be, unless you want to go like on the natural healthy side. Yeah, but I think when you when you actually, when you're actually in their program, they um they get you like a product list and different things like that. Oh, so, I see. Yeah. I see, but they're not selling the food. Okay, gotcha. So take me to the $10,000 joint, bro. The $10,000. Like, give me, get, like, what are they selling? Like, wigs and... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I want to know. I want. I want to go to the high end. The high end, man. Um, it really just depends. I couldn't tell you too many because I don't buy those, man. I, I use the fifteen hundred dollar machines. Right. And I, I pretty even the guys I, I told you who do the millions. They don't use the new machines. Like the one of them has like a few of them, but he, he doesn't really like them like that because I I can tell you one that's a little more expensive, but he doesn't really like them like that because let's say you have an issue. Let's let's relate it to cars. If you have a newer car, right, and the headlight goes out, right. One car I had, the headlight went out. I'm used to old cars. Like, so I go and change the head, but right. change the light, you know? And he's like, no, you can't do that. You have to take the whole front of the car off to do this, to do that, right. like, to change the light. So I'm like, damn. And like, then the pieces are expensive. Right, so same thing with the vending. With the newer machines, you can't just swap out stuff like you can with the older machines. Like, so a lot of people don't like using them because when they go down and something is an issue, it's very expensive and it's hard mm. to fix them versus the older ones, you can make them look new right. and, and it's still easy to fix. Like, mm. you know, it's, you don't have to go through all the extra steps to fix it. Got it. Got, bro, I'm, yeah, I'm glad we talking about this because I would have just got a machine like I just want to get the best machine. But, yo, let me ask you, do they have it set up to where machines can take like PayPal and Cash App and Zelle and stuff yet? Not yet, man. Not You know what I was trying to figure out how to make it take uh, EBT. If I could, if I could have figured that out back it's in the day, not, EBT, you would have. Can they take it now? No, 
No, it's <laughs> not food. that I know of. I know it should, but they they definitely don't. Not yet, anyway. But you know, that's that's what I was trying to figure out, man. How can I make this thing take food stamps for people? This would be <laughs> this thing would this is sell out every day, like you know. But it, it doesn't say it doesn't accept that yet. But I'm sure, like the cash apps and all that type of stuff. I'm sure that's coming. I'm sure that's coming because even with the um, Apple Pay and all that, all that stuff is like really new. It's digital. Yeah, it, like all the car readers, like they're on every machine now. And I would say initially, you know, when I started, it wasn't. It wasn't any car readers. And then when they came out, it might you might have got like 10% of your sales from the car readers. Now it's like 50, 60% of your sales are mm. coming from the cars. So it's I actually think it'd be more, man. Like who has cash? Yeah, so it's going to keep trending in that direction as I feel like because we're using cash less and less and less. Mm. So it's going to be more and more digital payments, you know, coming out. Gotcha. So machines. do you actually restock your machines yourself? Most of them, yeah. So I have help with some of them. I don't do like everything, especially with other, since I got my hands in multiple things now. So, you know, I pretty much get it to where I want it, to where I want it to be. Then I fall back and then I get back on it. And then, you know, maneuver a little bit and I fall back and focus on this. You know, so I don't, I, I, I make sure what I have going on is, is where I want it. And then I kind of let it do what it do. And then I, I'm going to pick it back up. Out of all of the things you do, what's the easiest way to make money? What's the easiest money maker that you? Man. Mm, I want to say real estate. Because I mean, that's literally this, when, especially when it's good. Like if it's if, if you if you ain't got no tenants calling you and that type of thing, like it's really just you just oh so you it, forget it's there. Like so it actually worked out the way you planned it initially. Like, y'all want to get a vending machine, make yeah, some money, yeah, put but it, it in real estate. But in my mind, it was going to happen that way in about a year. It just took you know, five years, <laughs> five years for it, to, for it to go that way. You know, it just didn't happen the way I thought it would happen, but, you know, it definitely did, man. What's the biggest headache with vending machines? Uh, moving them. Moving them. Like, so initially, when I when I first started the, um, the business, we were picking the machines up, phys like, physically picking them up and moving them around. Mm. Like, now we have tools and different things. You don't have to hurt your back. Yeah. Um, all that type of stuff. But moving them is, it can be tricky. Um, sometimes I, you'll have to take it apart. I have I had to take it like two or three machines apart to get it in the door before. <sighs> it's the same thing, measurement issue. So I asked yeah. him, this is, I asked my guy, I was hoping my guy, he got a location out wherever he, he's from, um, Niagara Falls, New York. So I'm like, did you measure the doorway? He said, yes, yeah, so-and-so. I'm like, all right, cool, we should be good. This machine is only like, it was like 34, 34 inches wide mm -hmm. or something. I'm like, all right, we get it there. He ain't measure that right. I'm like, oh man, this is not going, it's not going to fit, you know? So I'm like, all right, so what I'm going to do? Uh, we try to turn, we try to open the door, swing it in. But when when I say swing it in, like usually if you open the, the door up, now you got them things sideways and you could kind of maneuver it like yeah. this. But it was two walls right here. So I couldn't even swing it. So I'm like, man, this ain't, I don't, you might not be able to get this. Mm. But, you know, long story short, I just ended up taking the door off. When I took the door off, we just got it right in there. Dang. So, is it, you think it's like too saturated in Atlanta though? I don't know, man. I, I, I couldn't say um, because I'm not here. Like, mm -hmm. but I do see a lot of uh, people, you know, doing things here. And he, not even just with vending, just in general. Y'all do a lot over here. Yeah, it's a lot happening out here. Y'all, yeah, y'all be, be getting to it. Like, right. so I feel as though it's definitely a lot of people over here doing it, but I don't, I wouldn't say it's saturated. Um, I don't believe it's saturated. Even even when people say that about other areas, like I have people out in New York, like, oh man, you know, it's too many people or it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, everybody already has one. 
it's always an opportunity somewhere. You really just need, like I said, you just need that one or two good mm. accounts, and you know, and it can carry you. So what is your approach? What's your sales pitch when you, like, I want to, I'm going to go into, um, I don't know, I'll go into Ephraim's business, right? He has a, he has an office and I say, what? Okay. So your focus needs to be, how can you make that establishment better? Mm. Right. So a lot of people get into this, even when they contact me and asking me questions, it's like, well, don't you have to pay for the electricity? Don't you have to pay for this? Or, or, or why would they just let you put the machine in there for nothing? It's not about that. Like, it's, it's, it's about your providing a service to them. Even mm. with the machines I have set on free rent. They don't have it set to free rent to, to please me. They mm. have it set to free rent because that benefits their situation. Got it. So Got it. Got when it. you're going into it, you have to look at the ways that it would benefit you, benefit them. Like, for example, if I'm going into an apartment complex, Right now, me adding that machine in there is now adding an amenity. It's adding um, and, that, and by adding that amenity, that's adding more value to their establishment. And then their tenants will now be happier because they'll be able to get products and things, you know. So if they're happier, they might stay longer. You have less turnover. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so like you got to look like at that. more so the big, the bigger that's how picture. You're selling it. Even with the hotel that we got, that the machine didn't fit. The reason they wanted to put the machine in there is because they didn't have one, and they were getting bad reviews for not having any um, snacks or, or drinks like mm. on, in the hotel. So the people had to walk down the street. We have like something called a Wawa, which is like a, oh, I don't yeah, know if you have Wawa's sure. out here. Not out here, no. Yeah, but they but I'm have, from Willembro, so I, oh, okay. I grew right. up on Wawa. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they would have to walk like a couple blocks down to Wawa to get to get uh, snacks and drinks and stuff and people would always leave them bad reviews. So that's why they really wanted a machine. So you're solving a problem. So yeah, so that's the, exactly the, solving a problem. The organization wouldn't be charging you it depends on the situation. They can. You, so the average commission paid for the vending business is 10%. So usually when you pay a commission, it's either 10% of gross or 10% of profits. Hmm. Now, it depends how you pitching this. Now, sometimes, most of the time, like they'll contact you and say, hey, we want a vending. We want vending service, which is, you know, in that situation, you rarely, you're not, you're, well, nine times out of 10, you're not going to pay a commission. Hmm. But if it's a situation to where you're more so pursuing them and they don't really like, Want it like that? Mm. And it's like, well, what can what else can I say to get them to to, to want to uh, put the machine in here? That's when you get into the commission thing. But I never bring it up. I, I always lead on how the machine can benefit their business, benefit their establishment, their staff, their whatever. And then if that's still not enough, and I really want that account, then I'm going to go ahead and talk commission. So bigger accounts like hotels, airports, hospitals, you're paying a commission. Like, cause, cause, because they used they they used to the business they know they know what they supposed to get they know ins and outs so but those type of accounts you're paying a commission but if you get like office buildings and things like that you don't have to pay commission most of the time. What about event spaces? Those might be cool. Those are newer. I mean, like newer too. So I mean, I don't know. It depends on the traffic. You know how how popular yeah. is that event space? I think I'm gonna put one in here. Do I have to pay commission, Joe? Bye bye. <laughs> Because I have a partnership with mm-hmm. this space. <clears throat> it's Talk technically about. my own business. I mean, it is you your own mean? business. Just, you know. Pay you a little work, commission. We'll work something out. We'll work something out. Do <laughs> you ever pay somebody just monthly? Like, yo, let me just, let me rent this space from you. Like a flat $200, room. yeah. I don't, but you, that's, that is something that, you know, people do. I, I don't, I, I like it off a of commission because I feel like, they'll take better care of my machine and they'll, they'll lead people oh, to true. the machine. But true if indeed. they know they're going to get a piece of it versus if they're going to get whatever every month anyway, they ain't really going to care. That's smart. 
Yeah, that's smart. That's smart. That's smart. Um, I yeah, I think I'm a. I think I'm gonna do that joint. What? Yeah, do you have any like food that goes bad? I I got some stuff, and I've had a couple bad experiences mm-hmm. where, and it was actually at my my boy. He had an invest space, and I and I bought some, and it was stale. I'm like, bro, what's this? He didn't give my money back. That was just crazy. <laughs> but like, are there certain foods that you try to stay away from? Yeah, it's certain stuff. Um, and when that, but whenever I buy something, I look at the expiration date to make sure I got some good time on it before yeah. I really just start putting it out there. But certain certain foods have a real long shelf life, like crackers. Lance crackers, high profit margin, uh, margin, super high profit margin, super long shelf life. Other things have uh, a shorter shelf life. Like uh, if you get like a taste of tasty cakes, it's Philly stuff. Right, right, right. Right, honey buns and different things like that. You'll have a shorter shelf life with that, with with like pastries. I'll say pastries. But you need the pastries. But you need them because they're going to sell, you know. But when they they don't sell fast enough, then they can't go bad. Mm, I'm not poor. Versus like, you know, chips and things. They'll, They'll last longer. I think I'm about to put one in my house, yo. <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen that done one time. Say it again? Oh, yeah, that's 100%. That's a given. But you seen people put it in the house? I've only seen it one time. And it was on social media. I've seen somebody put it in a, uh, I guess they had like a man cave or something. They put it in a man cave. So they, nah, they, they was making their friends pay for all the. I'm not, I'm talking about my family. Yeah, my daughter, she a snack queen. And she just expects for us to buy snacks and cookies and just have them in the pantry. We about to cut all that out, little girl. If you want some snacks, they'll come off at 50 cents. Man, listen, my daughter used to run. I, when I first started, I had all my stuff in the pantry. I had, I had to get rid of that. Cause they was, <laughs> I come back, I see rappers everywhere. I'm like, yo, what's... I know y'all ain't take my stuff. <laughs> they, be, they be going through it. And then I, I'll bring her with me now. You know, she's older. I'll bring her with me, um, my son with me sometimes to service the machine. Mm. You know, and I'll pay her. I'll pay her with the snacks. Gotcha, now. Gotcha. So, I, you know, I guess... You pay her I with guess, snacks? I, yeah, I guess... You're a savage, bro. That's what she wanted. I asked her what she wanted. <laughs> he said, yeah, oh, that's like slavery, bro. I want, I want some, Reese, food, I want bro. some Reese cups. I'm like, oh, cool. Then go ahead and fill up that machine. I can use some Reese cups. <laughs> that's funny. It, you... Dife is gonna come get you. What's the what's the child protective <laughs> services? Yo, no, but I'm yeah, I'm about to put that joint in the crib, bro. Teach my teach my daughter finan- and my wife, yo, teach them financial responsibility. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything has a cost associated to it. Right, right, right. Yo, oh, so la- last thing. Tell me about margins. Mm-hmm. Like, how much do you get some chips for? How much do you sell them? Or cookies, or what's something high margin? Give me an example and then low, to, but you still have to have it. Um, okay, low margin that you need, candy. Candy has the probably lowest margin out of most of the products in the machines. Reese cups? Reese cups. All, all of those products cost like 60 cents. I sell them for 125. So you I mean you still doubling, but mm. it's like something like a, a Lance Cracker that's how I just talked about. Mm. That might cost 13 cents. I sell that for a dollar, a dollar twenty-five. Mm. Bottles, bottles of water, a couple cents. Sell these for a dollar, dollar twenty-five. Mm. You know, so most of your profit margins, your profit margin will look a, should be around somewhere bef- between 55, 60 percent. Nice. You know what I'm saying? But you kind of have to pay attention to that, you know, because you, you people just be throwing anything in there and, and then not changing the prices or not paying attention to their actual uh, profit margins and bottom lines and, you know, and be losing out on money they could be getting. What's something that's in your machines that's like super high? I'll be seeing like certain, like whether it's like energy drinks, it's 250, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Monsters, monsters cost about like 275, that type of thing. How much they cost you? Um, uh, probably it's a, 
I don't I don't you don't do them like that? Like, no, yeah, no, not not too much. It's like a dollar or something. Most drinks cost around 25, 30 cents. I use more so the bottle soda, mm-hmm. which those don't bottle the bottle sodas, I don't like using those too much. But when the location requests them, you know, you gotta get Why them don't you them. like using them? Lower profit margins. The cans have higher profit margins. Mm. So I, I like using the um, cans over the bottles. But, you know, something to keep in mind, too, when you're getting your products, um, you know, one thing you want to, you, you, if, you, if you're looking at where you're getting the products from, you'll get rebates. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? For purchasing these products. Like, so when you purchase more than four boxes of honey buns and um, Sam's Club, for example, they'll give you X amount back. And at the end of the year, you get to use that credit. Like, so by the time I get to the end of my year, I... I be getting stuff. I I spend a whole week getting stuff for free, gotcha. like you know from from a uh, Sam's Club. So you just pay attention to that stuff, and then also your market will determine the the value of your products and your mm-hmm. machine. So you could have, for example, you could have uh, say you got a, a machine with X products in it. Had that in the barbershop, right? Take that same machine, put it in the hotel. The value of those products are automatically going to go up. Right. And you right, take that right, machine right. out that hotel, put it in the airport, it's going to go up again. Like, oh, so yeah. depending on where is that, that's going to help. That's also going to determine your, uh, you know, the market value the, the products actually had. Because mm-hmm. this is dope, man. And this is what I'm thinking. Like, yo, I want to get a new house. And let's say you get a million dollar house, right? Mm-hmm. And your mortgage is five thousand dollars, with another bill is like eight thousand dollars a month or something like that. You just got to get X amount of machines, you know, just five thousand, about ten machines, get you five. Then you got to account for the profit margin. Get you about where we at? Mm, I say about fifteen machines. You should be. You should be fifteen good. machines. I could live in a million dollar home. Fifteen machines. You should. You should be good with that. Profit wise, that's how I see it, bro. Like that's how I see it too. That's how I look at it. even when, have that pay for something, right? Even when I was working, I was like, when I told you I was making a eight hundred. I'm looking like how much I'm making from the machine, and you know, it shocked me at first because with the candy machines I was doing, I got a whole month. I got fifty. It's like it was like fifty dollars a machine, pretty much. And you know, when I when I went to that vending machine and pulled out uh, a couple hundred dollars, and it only been in there for like a week or two, I'm like, oh, like you know. And then after like the first month, two months, I was making more than I was making um, at at yeah. work from the machine. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, I, I got to figure this out. I need more of these machines. Yeah. You know, so that's how I look at it too. I, I feel like I was, for my time spent, I was making much more off the machines than I was making at work. Mm-hmm. So I only had to manage these machines. It took me half an hour, you know, fill a machine up. If you want to calculate the time it takes me to go get the products, it's still way less than yeah. what I was spending going to work every day. And, you know, so I felt like, I got to lean more this way and lean on that. You know, it made more sense. This is lit, man. We getting machines, yo. You want to get a machine? <laughs> Try to get it. Try to get in the game. Try to get in the game. Put them all through Cobb County, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So, oh, real quick, you have you have the course. Um, is there any way that we can get a discount for the viewers, like if they use the promo code Social Proof? Yeah, for sure. I don't know what the. I don't know what the discount is. You can figure out what that is, but just add a promo code, social proof, so they can... I like to take care of my people, especially right, if they want to get in the game. I still, you wanna, I'll let you name the percentage. What you want? What you want to give them off? 90% off, bro. Let's oh, do it. Shit. All right. <laughs> social proof. <bro. laughs> Listen, don't ask me, okay? I'm I taking care of my audience, all right? So we'll figure it out. I don't know. Maybe uh, like, you know, you. 15, 20%, something like that. 
Yeah, well, let's go. Let's go thirty. I give him thirty percent off social. Thirty percent. Thirty percent. Social proof. Got it. Say less. Listen, social proof. Uh, y'all get thirty percent off. So look, I got to do a quick commercial. Um, we got to pay some bills, okay? And then um, I'm at you. Come back. Kind of let everybody know how to find you, and um, and uh, you got to close this out real strong, man. Give the people something to think about. Something deep. Something deep to think about. Yeah, I'm giving you mad pressure right there. Oh, well, listen, this episode is sponsored by uh, the podcast's Blueprint, man. I have the Blueprint on building a podcast. You want to do a podcast? Hmm? You ever wanted to do a podcast? Like, I, I, I've, I've dibbled and dabbled with podcasts a little bit. I, it's, not, it's not too much of my thing. You should do a podcast, bro. I'll think about it. Yeah. Think about it. But if you do, go to podcastersblueprint.com. I got mm-hmm. you. I'm going to look you up. And a 30%, 20%. 20%? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you want to start a podcast, you want to grow a podcast, you want to monetize a podcast, go to podcastersblueprint.com, hosted by myself. Okay, I spent mad time trying to figure out what is it that would help you launch your podcast, figure it out, put it out there, podcastersblueprint.com, okay? So, um, Kashif, man, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it because... One, I have a space, bro, and there's no vending machine. What am I doing with myself? Plenty of space. I played myself. Plenty of space. This is crazy. This is crazy. I played myself. All right, so, um, yeah, man, let everybody know how they can find you. Oh, one more, one more question. Um, I like to make predictions on the podcast. Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Let's say five years, um, because I want to be able to watch this five years from today and say, yo, because she said he was going to be doing this. Look, he's doing it. Is it 100 vending machines? Is it 100... Doors real, whatever. I don't know. Five years. What do you see for yourself? Um, five years. I, I, I mean, I, I have planted a lot of seeds right now that I'm growing. So I see within five years, um, actually less than five, but it was definitely within five years, all of my business is flourishing. So mm-hmm. I have a buy. And I don't want to put it out there right now, but I want, I, when I come back, you know I'm saying if I come, when I come, I'm not going to say if, when I come back no when I'm on the show, after I get them all rolling, you know, we're going we gonna to talk about it. But, I'll see those businesses flourishing and then I feel like I'll be more in a position to just relax, you know, because I'm always on go, man. I've been on go for a long time. How do you? Uh, 32. 32, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So I've been on go for, you know, pretty much a, a long time. At least it feels like a long time. Yeah. Me. You know, so it's it's rare that, um, you know, even I think this is not just for me, it's just with a lot of entrepreneurs that we get a chance to just really fall back and put things on you know, autopilot and then just be able to enjoy the future of our labor because you don't want to get caught up too much and just always grind and always trying to build. You want to actually be able to stop and enjoy it, you know, before we run out of time, you know what I'm saying? So Absolutely. Absolutely. I I, I like that. I like that. So next five years, you are going to be retired doing absolutely nothing. Pretty much. Close to it. Close to it. I love it. I love it. Look, man, um, again, thank you so much on behalf of the audience for coming out and just kind of sharing the game. Because it seems like a really, and obviously no business is easy, but it seems pretty passive. Seems, you know what I mean? Like something that, you know, anybody can get into. Right. You just got to find the place and then find a machine and pair the two. Find the right snacks and stuff. So, um, yeah, let everybody know how they can find you. I'm sure we'll have a link in the the description, right? Okay. Uh, We'll have a link in the description to pick up the course. Use promo code SOCIALPROOF. 30%. Very generous. Okay. It's very generous. That's what's up. Um, I appreciate that, fam. No problem. Um, and so just like, just let everybody know how they can find you and close this out with a word of wisdom. Word of wisdom. So you can find me um, on any social platform, the underscore vending underscore biz. Um, word of wisdom, best word of wisdom I could give is, uh, you know, don't be scared to go for your dreams. I think a lot of people get caught up 
on thinking about um, how things can go wrong, you know, too much and to a point where it can actually freeze you up and, and stop you. The one thing I've learned is you just got to, you got to go for it. Whatever's mm-hmm. going to happen, it's going to happen. Right. You just got to learn from it and, and just keep it going. As long as you, as long as you don't stop, you don't quit, you know, you, you'll get there eventually. Yeah, those are the facts. Listen, you can't close it out no better than that, man. Do yourself a favor. Go follow Kashif right now. Grab his course. Let's get some vending machines together. Let's have like a little forum where we're talking about vending machines. I want to talk to y'all and I want to see how your vending machine doing. You talk about how my vending machine doing. That's what I want to do. All right? So make sure you click the link uh, in the description. Use promo code SOCIALPROOF and um, do yourself a favor. Do us a favor. Do the community a favor. Go get you some social proof, okay? I mean, go build something. But uh, after you go build it, I want you to take that information back to your community and teach them how you did it, okay? It's the only way our community grows, all right? We are out of here. David Chance presents to you the morning meetup. Do you have an idea you need to get off the ground? Are you a small business owner looking to earn supplemental income or replace your current income? Come and join the most amazing mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs live with David Shans himself. That's right. This is not pre-recorded and it's not a replay. This is live every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. In addition to the live calls, you also receive a weekly individual Q&A call, a private Facebook community, access to all call replays, and access to David's list of resources and contacts you need to be in an environment of success so head over to themorningmeetup.com today for your one dollar seven day trial that's right just one dollar for seven days of access to the morning meetup take massive action towards manifesting your dreams today themorningmeetup.com